Well, welcome back to our podcast. I'm here with uh, not Dave Barker. I'm here with uh, one of our interns and the uh, director of our uh, discipleship ministry here at Grandview, Andrew Noble. You've heard him before. He's been on our podcast, and he has his own podcast. What's your podcast? Do a little promo. Well, it's called What Would Jesus Tech? And it's about technology and how should Christians use technology? Okay, enough of that. We're on this show now. I know. Okay. I'll focus. I'll focus. So, Andrew, uh, the reason I've asked you to come in here, because you gave me a really good book, and I've had conversations with you. Um, you're a well-read uh, man who thinks uh, deeply about uh, the gospel and how to get it out there. And the book you gave me, uh, To Change the World by James Davidson Hunter, and he just talks, it's a series of essays, as you know, that talks about our culture and how uh, we who know the gospel need to understand how culture is changing if we're going to be relevant. I think that's, I'm not finished, it, but that's the gist of it so far. And uh, for the sake of uh, our listeners who preach or who try to communicate the gospel over a coffee or whatever, I think it would be good for us to refer to uh, the page um, where he talks about God talk and how the assumption that the things that we say as Christians are no longer supported in our culture. There's no longer a frame of reference or a vocabulary. And you see this on Jeopardy. If you watch Jeopardy, they've always got a Bible category. And it's interesting how sometimes these very well-educated people have no idea. Now, quite often, because they know this is a category, they're up for it, and they're able to give basic answers, but most people aren't. So what he says here is um, because we can't count on people having a frame of reference, we've got to speak differently. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I live in this world. I'm always wondering how, how do I adjust my vocabulary to communicate profound spiritual truths to people who are at an elementary level and all the way up to university level. And I'm tempted sometimes just to not use theological terms. Uh, but what, this, talk to me about this. You know, for the communicators of the gospel, do we, I don't want to use the word dumb it down, but do we try and find a different vocabulary? Or do we say to people, no, you're going to learn new words? There's a complexity in any aspect of communication because communication requires two sides, your side and the other person's side receiving it. You want them to receive the content well, and therefore, do you overwhelm them? Well, doctors overwhelm. They use big words, but they use big words so that you can understand what that is, look it up later maybe, work through it, understand it, figure out, oh, I need to take medicine for this that is recommended in this way. And that's incredibly important. So... I do think we need to use big words, but we also need to be okay with (laughs) contextualizing, being adaptive in our language according to the situation that we're in. And especially in terms of application, if you're Mm -hmm. always making application towards university students and social media, well, that's not going to be relevant to the person who's in their 60s and is not on social media. So we need to we need to contextualize and we need to contextualize in our moment in North America is one where as he talks about he's a he's a sociologist, he talks about the changing nature. Yeah, how bad is it? Like you know the frog in the kettle, you're not aware that you're cooking until you're cooked and 
you know, maybe I need to pay more attention to our culture. I'm still living in the past in many ways, but, but I was at a, a, ba- a football game for the St. Mary's High School watching a kid, one of our kids play. And I haven't been in that culture for a long time. It's a multicultural school, and I'm standing, this old white guy standing in the stand there, uh, all these kids around me, and I'm just paying attention to this culture and the subculture, the way they greet each other and the words that they use. And in that moment, I realized that these are the people I got to communicate to, and I just sensed I, I might not be able to do this. But I'm doing it. I got to do it. I, so how bad is it? Well, when I was, so I was the student union president at the University of Waterloo in 2012, and I felt comfortable doing that job. Even though I was a Christian, strong believer at the time, I was actually married. I think I was the only student union president at the university who's ever been married at the time. One year into marriage, sure, let's do this one year job. And I think back to that, and I think if I were in the university context today in 2022, I would not have got that position. I think the culture has changed so much in 10 years in, in that if you are not on the new moral page, 10, 15 years ago, it was about tolerance. Now it's about, no, 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 we need to be intolerant towards those who do not hold the same moral views as us. And, and I do think that Christians are, you know, considering different approaches. They're considering, do we retreat from culture, purity from culture, as an old Mennonite would do, as we can drive 25 minutes and see them? Mm-hmm. Or should we try to be relevant and just kind of give up on some of our convictions and just be relevant and, and, and get rid of some of the offensive things and, and that sort of thing? And, and I don't agree with that either. So that's where I like James Davison Hunter talking about, let's be faithful to God Let's be present in the world. Both of those things, faithful presence. And, I, and that's, that's why I gave you the book. You know, I, uh, <clears throat> my wife says, I got to use more contemporary illustrations. Um, you got a good wife. I, yeah. Uh, but I like the old ones. <laughs> you know, I, I like history. I, I think there's a, a dearth of understanding some of the old hymns, the old stories. I'm, I'm referring to the Apollo moon, the moon landing and so on and so forth. But she does have a point. Um, I think people can't always be taught history in church. Uh, they've got to contextualize it too, and I can help them with that. But man, that's a, that's a tall order. I realized how important it was standing in the stands, how much, water had gone under my bridge when I'm listening to these kids. And I don't think, I don't know if I can speak to them. Well, you need to be able to speak to them because they're showing up or their friends are bringing them. And, you know, I think, I forget which preacher said this, but you need to have two books opening your preparation for a sermon. You need to have God's word and you need to have the newspaper open too. You need to figure out what's going on in our cultures that you can speak into these issues. And, Yes, that means sometimes you need to speak to the issues of the day, whether that be the school board and some of the decisions they're making or, or things like that. But we need to start from Scripture and work from there and then work out from there. Um, and, in, and yeah, in terms of the language, one thing that Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14 is that we need to be intelligible. Um, we need to make sure that inquirers or believer, unbelievers who come in that's what he says in 1 Corinthians 14, 12, that they, they need to 
understand us. We shouldn't be like speaking in tongues all over the place. They're going to consider us out of your mind, he says in the NIV. So if an unbeliever in choir comes in while everyone is prophesying and they're all convicted of sin and they're, they're under judgment, all these things are happening, you want them to fall down and worship God and exclaim, God is really among you. You want it to make sense to those people. That's what scripture, you know, teaches us that we we have this way about gathering, mm-hmm. the way of speaking that makes sense to them. And it's interesting that, that Paul almost assumes that that's going to happen, that you're going to have those people in yeah. your building. And maybe we need to think more about that. Are we the kind of place where you can bring your unsaved friends? That they're not going to be beat up, but they will understand the gospel. And if there's an offense, it's the gospel that's offensive and not not you. <clears throat> exactly. Because what do we want at the end of the day? We want people to know Jesus. We don't want any stumbling block in the way. And uh, I mean, when you think about what were the priorities of Jesus or what were the priorities of Paul, were the priorities of Jesus to say, let's overthrow Caesar? No, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, give to God what is God. Oh, are we supposed to restrict ourselves from the world, be pure from the world? Well, no, he, he said be in the world, but not of mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Paul speaks about that similarly. Like, if you're going to stay away from the immoral, then you're going to have to get out of the world, get on mm-hmm. a spaceship, go mm-hmm. to another planet. You know, it's just not possible to get away from the realities of sin, even in our own lives. We all need the gospel. Uh, Sunday mornings here at Grandview, it's an interesting thing that's taking place. I don't know how it started, but the, the young people all take up two rows of pews at the front. <clears throat> and... And I'm sitting right in front of them. I sit in the front pew, and they're all behind me, right? And they tease me sometimes. They, so I said to them, okay, you're, you're at the front. That must mean you're paying attention. I don't, I don't know. Maybe you're being bribed. But there you are. And I said, you guys, you're going you're gonna to learn three new words today. And they've all got notepads, right? I don't know if Tim puts them up, but they've got notes. And I said, since you're taking notes, a uh, little quiz for you. At the end of the sermon, I'm going to ask you uh, to define three new terms that I use. Sometimes I'll give them the term. And they enjoy They have fun with that. It's a game for them. And I'm just very impressed at uh, how easy it is to turn a switch and so that they become learners and very interested in learning a new vocabulary. doesn't mean I don't learn their vocabulary, mm-hmm. but I think it's, it's a two-way street. But would you say that the sermon is the same thing as a lecture? Or like, what are the differences between the two? I think a sermon is more entertaining, to be honest, <laughs> than a lecture. Uh, I've never, just in my mind. And, and a sermon also um, is propositional. It's, um, it's, it's working towards a verdict, where I don't really hear that in a lecture. A lecture is more something to ponder, to think about, <laughs> like our podcast here. But a sermon should be easier to listen to than a lecture because of that force, that personality force that it has. You listen to Jordan Peterson, who's a lecturer. Would you say he's a lecturer? Yeah, for sure. Um, he's a good lecturer, but it's different from a sermon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think that might shape the way you figure out what language to use and not to use because if all you're doing is taking notes and nothing's hitting your heart, it's only hitting your head, then perhaps there is something there that is missing in the preaching. Um, If you're not getting to the point where you're like, 
And the application of this is taking communion. Like if the application is always doing something, doing something, doing something, you're not preaching. Mm-hmm. You're just telling people moralistic things to do. And the Bible has lots of moral things to do, but we must preach the gospel. And that's where um, you might have to put the notebook down and say, wow, I need to receive Christ. I need to take communion mm-hmm. right now. And that's why I think when you preach the gospel, it's relevant to the believer and the unbeliever because it is the gospel itself, which we all need. Uh, this Sunday in our church bulletin, or we call it different things now, it's electronic, but people print it up. And just because I'm thinking about this theme and chatting with someone who made me realize that sometimes my words aren't understood. So I did a little glossary. Uh, we've been in Romans 1, mm-hmm. 1 to 7 for three, four weeks now. And I know I'm going slow, but that's deliberate just to establish the ground rules. And so um, just to make it easier for them, I listed four or five terms that, that are going to be important in Paul, like the gospel, call, grace, apostleship, those kind of things. And that's my way of helping people develop a biblical vocabulary so that down the road I can use these words um, with some understanding. I think that's a little help that I can offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there might be other opportunities for additional learning. I think some churches, when all they do in terms of Christian instruction is the Sunday morning, then of course their people might be overwhelmed with what that kind of learning includes because you just can't include all the Christian teaching in just the Sunday morning. You need to be discipling one another throughout all of life. Okay, discipleship guy. Um, just We're doing some interesting things here that God is blessing. Just want to just share with our audience something that they might want to know, how, how we're doing with the Learning Center. Well, the Learning Center here at Grandview has traditionally been Sunday nights only. We're considering bringing it more uh, elevated to include all of the types of learning that happen at Grandview. Not not just the Sunday night learning, but the men's studies, the women's studies, the different different things that it's one central place of learning and giving steps for new believers too, helping them understand the basics of faith, of, you know, the the Lord's Prayer of the Ten Commandments of reading Scripture. How do you how do you do these basic things? So so figuring out ways for people to understand um, not only the First Principles series, becoming a Christian, those sorts of things, um, but also that further learning as well. So it's kind of just the same thing in some ways, but putting it under a broader umbrella. Well, yeah, we really look forward to that. Coming out of COVID, people are gathering again live. We've got Dave Barker who's going to go through the Old Testament, helping people develop. Uh, a vocabulary or at least a way of uh, understanding the New Testament. And I just think we want to do everything that we can to make uh, the scriptures clear and to reap the fruit. Well, Andrew Noble, uh, we are out of time. That's uh, 15 minutes. Goes by really quick. I want to thank you for joining us here on Thinking About It. Until next time, I'm Bob McGregor with Andrew Noble, and we'll see you then. Thanks for listening. Thank you.